Welcome back, everyone. It's so great to have you join me for another episode of my ramblings. As always, I'm your host, Oliver Langley, coming to you live from my home studio. To start us off today, I thought I'd ramble on about a topic that has always fascinated me, the different geological formations and landscapes found across this beautiful planet of ours. Having always been drawn to nature and the outdoors, I've spent countless hours over the years wandering through forests, along coastlines, and up and down mountainsides, just taking in the incredible diversity and scenery from one place to the next. The rock configurations and types of terrain you encounter can vary so dramatically depending on where in the world you travel. Even right here in North America, we have everything from the rolling hills of the Northeast to the dramatic cliffs of California to the otherworldly badlands and buttes out West. And don't get me started on other continents. Have you seen pictures of the incredible limestone pillars in China, the geysers and fumaroles of Yellowstone, or the fjords of Norway? The forces of geology truly create wonders. What fascinates me the most is trying to imagine what environmental factors led to the unique landforms in each locale. Take the weirdly eroded shapes you see in places like the southwestern U.S. Centuries of wind and rain have hollowed out soft sedimentary stones into arches, mesas, and spiraling stone sculptures. The fjords, meanwhile, were carved out over eons by glacial movement slicing through resistant bedrock. It always makes me ponder the immense timescales involved in such transformations and the powerful geologic agents at play. I also can't help but consider how indigenous peoples throughout history would have viewed and interacted with the locales they inhabited. Did certain formations hold spiritual or cultural significance for early civilizations? How might the terrain have shaped everything from settlement patterns to food systems to modes of travel? There are certainly potential insights to glean about humanity's deep connections with our surroundings. You know, it's a topic I could ramble on about endlessly, but I think by now the listeners have gotten a sense of my awe and curiosity surrounding Earth's incredible diversity of terrain. Rather than belabor specific examples, too much more though, I'm wondering if we could build off this starting point to explore some related ideas. For one, I find myself thinking about how geographical features influence the distribution of plant and animal life. Certain rock types tend to foster distinct ecosystems, after all. You see stretches of serpentine grasslands in California sheltering unusual flora adapted to high magnesium soils. Or consider the bizarre Tufa Tower landscapes in Turkey and Iran nurturing microbial mats and unique hydrothermal communities really makes you realize the interconnected nature of our biosphere, where livable spaces allow, life adapts remarkably to whatever environments are on offer. It's just fascinating to trace these biological relationships back to their ultimate geological underpinnings. Almost like peering behind the curtain of nature's systems. And of course, landscapes tie intimately into climate patterns as well. Coastal regions experience moderating maritime influences, while mountain valleys spawn their own localized weather. This train of thought inevitably leads me to ponder how human civilizations must have perceived their placements within these webs of interdependency. Early peoples had to learn their particular terrain, like the backs of their hands, from fertile river floodplains to stark deserts and everything in between. 
a deep local ecological knowledge was essential to their survival and cultural identities. I imagine indigenous concepts of place must have been profoundly shaped by attentive observations of landscape life dynamics over millennia. Where were we heading next in our rambling conversation? Ah, uh, yes. We had briefly touched on how early peoples developed complex understandings of their environments based on attentive observations of landscape and ecology over thousands of years. Now there's a thought that continues to expand intriguingly in my mind. The immense stores of knowledge accumulated and passed down through indigenous oral traditions. When you consider how long human presence spans in many places, it's humbling to conceive of the multi-generational lessons learned about terrain, flora and fauna, water sources, weather patterns, and more. All retained not through written texts, but maintained lively in cultural memory. The First Nations, people of the Pacific Northwest, for example, intimately knew centuries' worth of tidal fluctuations, salmon runs, plant fruiting seasons. Through storytelling, they understood their niche within dynamic natural systems at a level of detail still awe-inspiring to discover remnants of today. It makes me reflect how much historical comprehension and problem-solving skills we've lost touch with in modern Western societies, now so separate from the lands that long sustained our ancestors. But also, how much traditional ecological knowledge survives still, carefully revitalized by indigenous communities conscious of their responsibility as stewards of place. Projects monitoring environmental change, documenting traditional plant uses, mapping sacred geographic features, all contribute vital insights complementing scientific perspectives. Perhaps there are aspects of more connected, long-view relationships with nature we could increasingly learn from in facing urgent global challenges too. After all, through persistence, many native societies have lived as part of landscapes for eras longer than most nations now stand. Their perspectives on resilience, responsibility, and humility before the more-than-human world feel deeply relevant to consider anew. You know, in opening up discussion on diverse topics, I think it's important we don't lose sight of seeking common ground and bringing people together. So in that spirit, I'd like to shift gears to something more lighthearted, the simple pleasures of hobbies and leisure activities. We all need an outlet now and then to relax, enjoy life's beauty, and spend meaningful time with others. For me, one of my favorite ways to unwind has long been through music. Whether playing guitar out under the evening stars, catching a bluegrass festival with friends, or even attempting to learn the piano these past few years. There's something uniquely soul-nourishing about the talents and passions of musical artists that continues to draw me back time and again. But I'm just as interested to hear how you all like to fill your leisure hours. Do you have an artistic pursuit that brings you joy, like sewing or sculpting? A favorite sport you enjoy with family, such as biking or frisbee in the park? What about activities that allow appreciating nature's glory, from bird watching to mushroom foraging? And of course, in today's world, who doesn't find relaxation through curling up with a video game or streaming their favorite show? The beauty of hobbies, in my view, is how they reconnect us with simpler times, community ties, wonder of the world around us, and beauty inside ourselves. Not to mention providing a welcome break from stresses of daily life, work, 
family responsibilities, and more. In dark times, especially, it feels more important than ever that we make space in our lives to nourish our souls through creativity, recreation, and shared experiences of joy, however small. Having this space to thoughtfully ramble on various topics with all you fine listeners is truly nourishing for my own spirit. I'm always keen to continue our exchange of ideas and perspectives in a caring, constructive manner. With that in mind, perhaps we could build on our last discussion by meditating further on themes of passion, creative expression, and meaningful connection. Some of life's most precious moments, I find, arise through sharing art, talents, or experiences that inspire joy in others as well as ourselves. Performing music comes to mind again. Tapping into that universal language can stir people so profoundly. But I'm also reminded of feeling similarly stirred by community theater, poetry readings, or art fairs, bringing visibility to works made with heartfelt care. Expressing the fullness of what it means to be human seems to be why we're drawn to partake in culture, whether as appreciative audience or contributor of our slevs. There's a beautiful vulnerability, too, in putting creative works out into the world for judgment, especially without formal training. Still, through earnestly offering what we've made or mastered merely for the sake of sharing the experience. Meaningful bonds can form and common ground, surfaced between previously unfamiliar souls. The open-eared, open-hearted approach crucial to that, I believe, is what builds understanding and goodwill across perceived divisions. Well, friends, as I wrap up our time together once more, I can't help but feel grateful for the thoughtful discussion and insights shared across this episode. It truly is a joy to have this open forum to explore topics both weighty and lighthearted through a lens of shared humanity, compassion, and seeking to understand one another better. In reflecting on our wide-ranging conversation, some themes that stand out include pursuing knowledge of the natural world around us with humility and respect, valuing indigenous perspectives and traditional ecological wisdom, as well as the importance of creative outlets, meaningful shared experiences, and supporting each other's passions, all of which can help nourish well-being and stronger connections within communities. As ever, I thank you for journeying along on this rambling podcast. Our exchanges continue inviting me to see from new angles and bringing greater nuance to my own perspectives along the way. Most of all, I'm heartened hearing glimpses of your lives interests and efforts towards living with purpose, appreciation, and care for one another. Those rays of light are what make hosting our discussion such an enriching experience for me each time. To wrap up, I'll simply say that in uncertain times, focusing on our shared hopes, maintaining open and thoughtful dialogue, and uplifting each other through mutual understanding and compassion seem more meaningful approaches than what often passes for discussion elsewhere. I hope you'll join me for future episodes as we continue cultivating that spirit together. For now, as the sun sets on another day, this has been your host, Oliver Langley, signing off with warm wishes. Until next time.